This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is funny. I didn't do it on this trip, but sometimes when I fly and I have to fill out custom forms, when it says occupation, I write firefighter. That's how I feel an entrepreneur is. You're always ready for another fire, whether it's two o'clock in the morning or 9.30, you have to be ready. And I don't struggle with that because I've been practicing it my whole life, which is why I fear when people try to become entrepreneurs because it's cool now. I'm worried about that because it's very hard. Every single day, I lose. And unless you're good at that, you will not like entrepreneurship. You got your perspective. I just want to be happy. Don't you want to be happy? Brazil, how are you? Good. So I'm going to do about 40 minutes up here. Then I'm going to actually, I asked them if we could do some Q&A. So we'll do some questions. And then we're going to do a fireside chat. Um, so first of all, I'm just very flattered to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, for the people in this room that don't know who I am, I was born in the Soviet Union, came to America when I was a three-year-old child. Uh, very tough upbringing. We were very poor when we first came to America. I lived in a one-studio apartment with seven of my family members. Uh, my, parent, my dad worked all the time. And so it was a very rough upbringing, uh, n not a lot of entitlement, didn't have a lot of stuff. My natural state was to be an entrepreneur. Even at six, seven years old, I was already shoveling snow, you know, washing people's cars, selling juice and lemonade and candy. It was always to do a hustle. Um, somewhere along that time in New Jersey, Sports cards became a very big thing in America. Baseball cards, American football cards, and I started collecting them. And by the time I was 13, 14 years old, I was making one, two, three thousand dollars a weekend as a 13-year-old child, which you can imagine feels like you're a millionaire. Eventually, my dad worked very hard and saved all his money and he bought a small liquor store in New Jersey. I was forced to work in that store and that is really where I started my real career. Uh, I fell in love with the idea of knowing that a lot of people in America collected wine, and that was what kind of connected me to my family business. The part of the story that gets interesting for this room is what happens next. Knowing that there's a lot of entrepreneurs in here, knowing there's a lot of small businesses, a lot of small business agencies, what really enables me the great flattering nature to be in this room is the fact that my entire career was based on how do I build something with not a lot of money? You know, we live in a world right now where a lot of people, and how many, by show of hands, how many people in this room are entrepreneurs and have their own business? Raise your hands. 
Raise it high. Thank you. So if we can keep the lights on, that'd be amazing. I love that. Um, so for me, what's interesting about all those hands that are up is I'm older. You know, I'm 43, about to be 44 next week. And when I grew up, the idea of raising capital was extremely foreign. One of the most interesting things being an American businessman when I travel nationally, internationally, and other places of the world is everybody is so caught up with raising money for their startup. This has become an entire generation of hands in the air that think about raising capital and appeasing venture capitalists and investors, not actually building a business and not having the focus there. And to me, this is very interesting because it's led to a lot of very different behavior. For me, everything was always about how do you make money and that's what you invest back into your business, not how do you raise capital. When I started my current company, VaynerMedia, which is an advertising agency, I started it in the conference room of another company because I had no money and I wasn't gonna raise money for the business. I was just gonna find my first client, use those dollars, and just keep reinvesting. It took longer, but longer was its strength. I think one of the most important words for me to communicate in this talk today by far is patience. I promise you, no matter what you're doing in this room, and especially as I look around this room, first of all, everyone's uncomfortably attractive, and number two, and number two, but more importantly, this is quite a young audience, and I think the reality is the thing that I spend most of my time on is trying to get people to understand that patience is a very important variable of success, and more importantly, that I believe the far majority of people in this room do not have a great relationship with time. I am fascinated by people in this room who are stressed at the ages of 18 and 22 and 25 and 29 like they're running out of time. How many people by show of hands are under 30 years old? <laughs> so for me, as you can imagine, when I see all those hands go up, you can put your hand down. Yeah, you're good, okay, good. When I see all those hands go up, and I know in my mind, with the way that modern medicine and technology is going, that the far majority of this room is gonna live for another 80 years, it really gets me excited slash concerned when people want their business to be huge next year. The quicker you want it, the more vulnerable you are. The quicker you want it, the more vulnerable you are. And what has been very fascinating for me is even though on YouTube and Instagram and maybe some of the places you guys see me, maybe my energy is high, maybe my style of communication is fast, but my business actions are extremely slow. And so what business actions that lead to slowness lead to is a couple things. One, the far majority of my career, I had no money, so I had to always look for places where you could get a lot more for less. What I look for in the digital world, this world, is organic reach. When I think about organic reach, and when I think about organic attention, as my slide says up here, I day trade attention. For me, every day I look at the data, both in the analytics 
and in the culture conversations to try to figure out where should I market. I promise you one thing, my friends, no matter what you do in this audience, no matter what your ambition is, the one thing that combines all of us, whether we're starting tomorrow, whether we're an employee, whether we have a huge company or haven't even started and are starting next year, the one requirement for all of us is to have somebody's attention. Before you can sell anything, you need somebody's attention. Then what you say in the written word, in audio or in video, becomes the variable if you are successful. The reason I follow attention is if there was nobody in here right now and I was giving this talk, I would have no potential to achieve what I want. At the same token, with all of you in this room, what I talk about for the next hour and a half is the variable of my success. There are many of you here that don't know who I am, you'll leave with opinion. There's many people who do know who I am and you're either gonna like me more or like me less, completely predicated on the content that I put out. I spend my life in a very basic mind frame. And if you look at the politics of your country, my country, if you look at the businesses, it's all one very simple game. Do you understand where the people are and they're consuming? And do you understand how to do the written words, the audio, or the video to put in those platforms? This is how it's always been. Television, radio, print, outdoor billboards, it's always been the same game. Where is the attention? the eyes and the ears, and what is our capability to put content in it. Now here's where it gets different. This thing is fucking crazy. This thing is unbelievably underestimated. We in this room take this for granted. The power of a phone in today's world is remarkable. The fact that every one of us are sitting here with the internet in our hands right now is actually remarkable. For somebody like me at 43 years old, when I was 28, I could not leave the office or my home and have the internet in my hand. When I was 30, you have to understand how big of a deal that is. You have to understand how quickly this is all happening. Whether it's WhatsApp or YouTube or Instagram or TikTok or Twitter, the fact that these platforms sit on top of this device and they're accessible right now, the fact that there are tons of people right now with a phone recording this talk and then have the ability to post it. My friends, from Brazil to New York to London to Shanghai, the human race has not quantified how substantial this shift of the internet has become. And I tell you this, and I start my talk here today with this, because here's the real honest truth about how the game of life and definitely business is played. The quickest way to be happy in life, let alone business, is to be 100% accountable. The quickest way to be unhappy is to blame. If you really understood the last five to seven minutes of what I just said, the fact that, you, how many people here have a cell phone. Raise your hands. Good. Every single person here fundamentally is not allowed to have an excuse because of the power of what's in your hand. 
Of course there's family dynamics. Of course there's tragedies. Of course there's government involvements. Of course there's a million reasons. But the reality is we have never lived through a time where people at scale had so much opportunity. When I do the homework on the Brazilian market and I see the cost for a YouTube ad or an Instagram ad and I see how low it is, when I see how much still unbelievable untapped potential on LinkedIn and TikTok and other platforms are for organic reach where you have to spend no money, none, and you can get awareness, the fact that podcasting is exploding in this country and the cost to start a podcast is to just record it on your phone and upload it. The thing that I've become unbelievably fascinated by is I know in this room the single reason whatever is not happening for you is your ability to say no before you've tried. That to me is unbelievable. What's unbelievable to me is it's as simple as this. If you are capable of writing words, recording videos on your phone, or recording your thoughts in audio on your phone, your business can grow. Your idea can be flourished. Your personal brand as an influencer, your advertising shop trying to get more customers, whatever you, you want to be the governor, you want to be a YouTube celebrity, the reality is the cost is zero. The mindset is the tricky part. 90% of this audience does not post as often as they should on these platforms because they worry about the judgment of their family or strangers. This is a very, very, very fascinating dilemma in our society. There are people who are not posting. I mean, look, how many people here follow my content? Give me a sense, raise your hands. Thank you. So for the hands that went up, you know what you're gonna get from me today. I'm very consistent. I'm, you can, I'm sure you're in your head knowing every word I'm about to say as I start a sentence. I'm incapable of talking about something I don't believe in. You know, the nuances are different. Obviously, Twitter doesn't play in this country the same way it does in the US, right? TikTok's moving quicker in Asia and the US than it is in other places. LinkedIn's acting a little bit different here. WhatsApp has higher growth here than it does in the US. There's nuanced differences, but my friends, this is not about America or Brazil, this is about human beings. In America, in Brazil, in China, people worry about their parents' opinion. In America, in Brazil, in China, people care about strangers making fun of them in the comments. In America, in Brazil, in China, the opportunity to build your business or your personal brand has never been easier. Easier. People see more people doing it and they think they're too late. The real answer is 99% of the people in here do not have the patience and stomach to actually achieve it. They want it so fast. My friends, I did Wine Library TV on YouTube in 2006, excuse me, 2007 to 2010. For 35 minutes a day, five days a week, I would stay up and work on Twitter for four or five hours looking for people who were talking about wine. And for three years every day, very little happened for me. Very little. People now start an Instagram account, post for six weeks, 
and give up because they're not getting enough followers. We've become remarkably impatient. We've become remarkably entitled. And so the reality is, is the following. Tactically, tactically, how many people here are B2B companies? They have an agency servicing clients or something of the nature. You're in the B2B business, raise your hands. For everybody that raised their hand, you must, you must do one of two things consistently starting tomorrow. Number one, start a podcast in your industry. You must start a podcast, go on LinkedIn, go into your inbox and email 25, 50 people and ask them to be guests on your show. And number two, you must attack LinkedIn more. I think people very much underestimate how much is happening there in this market. I did the homework, it's there. It, you know, people don't see it because not that many people are doing it, which is the reason it's most interesting. It's, you know, it's so funny, when I speak at these events, people always fall into two groups. Number one, they don't want to do it because it's new and they want to see other people do it before they do it. Or number two, other people are doing it so they think they're too late so they don't want to do it. People are split up in two places of not doing. We live in a world, a world, where everybody has a reason for no. I can't do it because of this. I don't have the money, I don't have the team. My industry doesn't want to do it. I can't, I can't, I can't. The fundamental difference in the game today is the people that say yes blindly versus the people that say no blindly. The only unique leverage you have in this room is you yourself. There's so much information now. You're not coming up with any new idea. There's nothing I say that is a new idea. People have been around too long. I'm not the first person to talk about kindness or gratitude or empathy or hard work or context. I'm really not. I'm just doing it my way. In the way, my perspective, my words, on my platform. And for me, this is the real conversation today. To me, is today gonna be the conference is today gonna to be the time that you finally understand that it is time to put it out? It is time to tell your story at scale, contextually, across all platforms. Recognizing that a lot of people did not raise their hand, and this may be the first time that a lot of you are seeing me, I'm just gonna take one more step back. I believe that what the internet is doing is eliminating the middle. It's eliminating the middle, the distribution. When you look at Uber or Amazon, or if you look at Netflix, what it's really doing is separating out the middle, and it's leaving it to one of two places. The product, the story, the service, and your ability to tell that story. I believe this is very important because this is not even for the youngsters in this room, this is not the world we necessarily grew up with. A world where the entire middle of distribution has been commoditized because the internet has become the middle, and the focus on not just the quality of the product, but more importantly, the deep focus on the ability to communicate has never become greater. The ability to be a communicator in 2020 has now become disproportionately more powerful than even the quality of your product. And that may be confusing, and it's a very interesting debate, but the reality is, a product 
is a subjective product. One more time, B2B who does services. Raise it high, I just wanna get a sense. Higher. All of you that just raised your hands, you know what I know. Sometimes you think the product's great, but your client thinks it's shit. Other times, you kind of know that the product is shitty, but the client thinks it's great. The work is subjective, based on the queen or the king on the other side who gets to this side. Your ability to be a phenomenal communicator, how many people see it, where and how, is less subjective. The content in it is subjective, but the results are there through the leads, through the results that come through it. I believe today that if you're in the business world, that the ability to be a communicator, a content producer at the height of the scale for your product has become more important than any other variable. I would rather be great at YouTube and podcasting and LinkedIn and Instagram than be great at balancing my checkbook. That I can hire an accountant for. This skill is emerging and accelerating at scale. So here's how this game breaks down for me. One, I think everybody here has to take a step back and figure out what kind of communicator are they. Individually, even if you sit here today and do not believe it is your job within the organization to communicate, eventually, especially at the age level that everybody here is, eventually this skill set will become important to you. Whether it's now, later in your career, within your family dynamics, and definitely over the next 20, 30, 40 years as communication rises in importance, not declines. Thus, my great ask, my great ambition to fly down here, three flights to get here, and flying right back home, the reason for me to be here is very focused on the notion of, can I get five people, there's a lot of people here, can I get five people in here to start tomorrow or Monday, if you wanna take the weekend off, to start making content? The world is very simple. The world is breaking into a very simple game. Ideas and making. Do you have ideas? Can you make them? But it requires an incredible sense of self-awareness. I'm very passionate for many people in this room who are introverted and who would be scared to give this speech or who feel uncomfortable in front of a camera to understand that if you are a remarkable writer, there's an incredible world for you. For those who are scared to be in front of the camera because they're scared of how they look or they're just uncomfortable, that recording your ideas or what you're about in audio is an incredible time to be alive and there's an incredible world to you. As a matter of fact, even more interesting to me, if you're somebody that likes to doodle, to draw, some of the most exciting things that I'm seeing in my content is when we're doing cartoons on LinkedIn and Instagram. That might be the way that you communicate. When you figure out how you communicate, written word, audio, video, the next part is definitely the most challenging. If you ask me, 
why over the last 10 years I have been given the great fortune to be here, it's very simple. I spend almost all of my time and all of my content trying to bring value with no expectation in return. If you look at the content that most people and companies and organizations put out, if you look at it carefully and you dissect it, it is wildly selfish. It is either a commercial in itself or its main objective is to get you to fill out your email, your phone number, your information so that I can sell to you instead of bring you value to build a brand. I wrote a book several years ago called Jab, 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 Right Hook. And the reason I wrote it was because I was watching people on social media really struggle with the idea of bringing value. And I wanted to give them a scenario of understanding that if you're trying to sell and throw a right hook all the time, eventually the other person knows how to duck. Everybody, how many people here have done email marketing in their life? Raise your hands. Great. So for everybody who just raised your hands, I was doing email marketing in 1997, 1998, and I had 90% open rates on my email. Today, if you're in the 30s, you're a hero. It means you have a tremendous list and you're doing a great job. The reason those lists have gone from 90 to 30 is because I'm sure everybody here knows where I'm going. We've ruined email because we're spamming and selling on it at all times. That's what happens to every platform. That's exactly what we're doing on social media now. The reason social media is subtly declining and the reason the algorithms always have to change is people do not have the discipline to not self-promote. People do not have the discipline to not try to sell on every post. The other problem is when people try to make pretend they're giving value in disguise underneath, they're actually trying to sell. My friends, what's scary about the way I go about business and what I believe I see with the businesses that are most winning in the world is it's super basic. Just nobody wants to do it. It'd almost be like if I was standing up here talking about health and wellness. My friends, if you want to get into better shape, here's how you do it. Stop eating shit and work out every day. Thank you very much, see you later Brazil. That would be the whole talk. That is no different than how I see business today. Obviously you have to have a product and service, but the reality is very simply, the formula is as basic as it is in fitness. If you are not producing content, and when I say content, just to put this into context for everybody, next week is my birthday. I've had my team work for the last month, we've made a deck a couple hundred pages deck. We're gonna give it away for free. It shows you how to make 60 something pieces of content in a day. The reality is the requirement of how much content that I'm looking for you to produce to achieve what you're about numbers that look like 30, 40, 50, 60 pieces of content a day. Most of the businesses and people in here are putting out one piece of content a day on a good day. Maybe three a week. We, if you're a personal brand, you're killing it and posting four things a day. There is nobody that is achieving the volume 
If you wanna write down one word and stick it in your mirror from this whole talk, the word is volume. This is a volume warfare. When people hear volume, they hear quantity. When they hear quantity, they don't think that you can make quality. They think it's a friction between quantity and quality. I believe that the world has grossly overvalued production quality and made that quality not the story or the context of the message. And so as we have spent the last 30 to 50 years putting production value on a pedestal as quality, we have put ourselves in a position to not value context and the actual story and in that is the rub and the opportunity. The sheer size of this country, the sheer amount of spend, even in the separation of wealth, the uncanny amount of attention on YouTube and Instagram in this country leads this to be one of the most interesting places in the world to be a marketer. To be a marketer, to be an influencer, to be a startup. However, when I spent, because I gave a speech in St. Paulo a couple of weeks ago, so about three months ago, I started really doing homework on what's the sentiment? What are people saying in the comments? What's the vibe? What's remarkable in such a progressive and incredible country is how much similarities there are, believe it or not, with the US, which is with all that in place, there is still so much cynicism and pessimism to actually achieve it. That is not a government issue with your new president or ours. That is not a problem that you don't have Silicon Valley. That is a problem that people would rather complain than put in the fucking work. That is a human problem. That is a global human problem. If this was 1957 and it was my grandfather and all of your grandparents, I would have some empathy because it took real money to actually do what I'm saying. But in 2019, with this, I struggle to deploy empathy for you not doing, which is what led me to not making this a game about your wallet. Many people think business is a game of this. Business is not a game of this. Business right now is a game of this. This has come down to the simple, deep warfare in one's head. What, what is stopping people from actually making content? And I believe that it comes down to one simple word, judgment. I believe that judgment is crippling our society. I am fascinated and grateful, grateful like you would not imagine, for my mother building self-esteem in me without creating entitlement. My self-esteem allows, when I leave here in a couple of hours and I read the comments and I control copy it and translate it from Portuguese to English, where one of you say that I'm an asshole, I'm okay. I want to give the next talk. I want to make the next piece of content. My ability to deal with losing pushback, negativity, no, is my strength. My entire model of content production, my entire thesis for this talk only has one 
major flaw in that people are insecure. I spend my life putting out content 50, 70, 80 pieces a day with the great hope to eliminate that insecurity, to challenge you and ask you, what judgment, why? Why are you willing to live a life that ultimately ends with regret and resentment because everybody who's 90 and 100 years old talks about the things they wish they did, not the things they did. And so for me, Brazil, very simply, I'm trying to challenge this room to understand the simplicity of the framework and the massive difficulty in the head and really lead to a couple tactics. For example, tactic number one, one of the biggest things that I have seen work in people starting the process to produce content is to make a single video and tell the world their secret that they've been holding on to. If you really think about what's stopping people, it's the darkness and shadows inside of them. By putting it out and taking control of your secret, your dyslexia, your terrible issue as a child, your relationship with X, your drinking problem, whatever it might be, by you taking control of it, by putting it out, no longer does anybody else have leverage to expose it. It is a freedom play. And I highly, and listen, if you really want to know, forget about the five people that post tomorrow, if I can get one person, one person in here to leave this conference tonight and make a video and tell the world the truth that they've been holding on to, this will be mission fucking accomplished. Thank you, Dad. I want to go into questions in about five or ten minutes, so let me see where the uh, mics are, but I'm going to line them up here and we'll figure that out. But before I do, I want to spend a few more minutes on audio. For a lot of people here, they missed YouTube, they missed Instagram. I believe there's two places where you have a chance over the next couple of years to not miss it. Number one, you have to watch TikTok very carefully. If TikTok takes off seriously in this market, there will be an enormous amount of opportunity because the global penetration in Asia, the US, Europe is exploding. What's so amazing to live in a country of this size and this much opportunity, and you guys know this, is you can see these platforms exploding somewhere else and you can get a head start and play it here. Outside of Orkut, which became the player here, every other platform eventually makes its way here and became the dominant player. Please, please do not underestimate what is happening on TikTok globally and where the potential sits in this market. You should absolutely, if you're at this conference, if you're smart enough to be at this conference, you should be smart enough to go home and execute around the thesis, around the opportunities, around the knowledge. One is TikTok, number two is voice. We are becoming much more of an audio consumption world. By show of hands, how many people here now listen to a podcast? Raise your hands, raise it high. I want everybody to look around. Look at this. Put it down for a second. Those same people, how many of you were listening to a podcast five years ago? Raise your hand. Look around. 
Look at that growth. Look at that growth. How many people here now, when they watch YouTube videos, sometimes just put the phone down and listen to it and don't even watch the video? Raise your hands. Look at this. Look at this. D-Rock spends all this time making it look pretty and you fuckers just listen to it. (laughs) Audio is becoming the growing usage because we're busy and we want to do two things at once, three things at once, four things at once. One of the biggest opportunities in this room is understanding how big audio is and producing audio content. Everybody wants to be a marketer, but most people in this room are salespeople. It's why they like Google. Google's easy, it's intent. Somebody types something in, you know they want it, so you buy the ads and you convert. That's sales. I'm here to talk about branding and marketing. You know, the way real things are built. The way the biggest companies in the world are built. The biggest personalities, celebrities, brands, they're built through branding and marketing, not sales. Audio is no question the fastest growing opportunity to build brand that most people are not doing. Please be the person in this room that goes back and actually starts a podcast. Please be the person here who actually starts recording their thoughts and just posting the video. I mean, you could literally take your phone, hit memo, record, put the phone down, it's just a black screen, and you can post a black screen with your words. You can, most of you won't, because you don't think that's quality. This subjective point of view around quality is stopping the world from making. We must flip that on its head. Please be the person in this room that leaves here and starts making. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I left a lot of time for Q&A because I really, you know, the theory is very simple. The details and the questions matter. So who's got the mics? You got the mics? So you got to run around. Who's got a question? Raise your hands. Yep. Okay. Here. Okay. Hi. Hi. I love you. Actually, my family, whole family loves you. Thank you. I just came from Canada, so I am an immigrant in Canada. I uh, am Brazilian. And uh, my son uh, listens to your podcast every day. He's nine years old. <laughs> my daughter also. Sorry about the cursing. Yeah. 11 years old. So I asked him, what do you want to say to Gary V? He said, uh, say to him that I love him, then he's awesome, and uh, I'm sorry, and you are so fun. I really love you. Thank you. Thank you for that, and why I'm shaking, because as an immigrant, as you know, I'm living in Canada for uh, 13 years now, and I suffer a lot. It was terrible even for my children that was born there, and even for them just to eat Brazilian food, at the school was very scary, and my, my, my daughter was bullying because of that. So my question is, why, what can I, as a mom, do for my kids? Sure. Thank so you. You're welcome. Thank you for being and so And I need sweet. a photo, please. Yes, you can have a photo. <laughs> so I think 
business and parenting have a lot of similarities. So when I hear those kind of stories, and I'm sure, how many people here are parents? Raise your hands. So for all the hands that just went up, you know how challenging it is. Like you can have common sense everywhere else, but when it's your kids, it's hard to maintain it. But I believe that self-esteem is the ultimate cure to everything. And I think most parents go on defense when their kids are hurting instead of offense. So when their kids are bullied, they wanna go fight the school. They wanna go fight the parent of the kid. It's defense. For me, as somebody who was bullied, because I was, you know, I was a Soviet immigrant in America in my childhood when the Soviet Union was the enemy. There was plenty of shit. I mean, if you can zoom in, I've got goosebumps. It was a very challenging time. But what my mom did was she went insular. It was offense. It was me and her in my own head hearing nothing else. By the time I was in high school, I couldn't hear anybody else. It didn't matter. By the way, both pro and con. So for me, I think the thing you can do is beat into their head about them, not about the people in Montreal or Toronto or Canada. It's not about them. It's about yourself inside your own head, your own self-worth. And, and you have to pound it. A lot of parents here are like, oh, it's easy to say, but when their kids are making, you're right. It's, but it's no different than working out and eating healthy. It's no different than make content and put it on all the platforms. The answer's simple. Pound into your kid's head their own self-worth, not the opinions of others. They'll be a happy person their whole life. The problem is most parents aren't acting that way. So it's hard for them to give advice that they don't even feel themselves. But that is the answer. You're welcome. Questions? Yep. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, Gary. What's How up? are you? Fine, you? Very good. Been following you for many years, so I am so happy to uh, be face-to-face -face with you. Thank you. I'm kind of nervous. So... Don't worry. <laughs> okay. So I came all the way from an extremely little town in, San Juan, in Argentina called San Juan. So uh, I mean, I've been for a couple of months or maybe years trying to figure out if I have to leave my small town or um, just stay around there, be patient, I, um, wait for my business to be like big. What kind of so, business is it? Uh, a um, digital agency. Yeah. So my question is like, would you imagine yourself as a businessman as the size as you are right now? Uh, staying in New Jersey, for example, or in a small town? I understand. So the question for you and everybody here is, what's big, right? Because, because this is where people get caught. It's so simple being in a small town in Argentina, thinking you have to go to Sao Paulo, or you have to go to Buenos Aires, or you have to go to New York City. It's easy, it's easy. You're like, that's a much bigger place to go. The question is, it comes down to what makes you happy. For me, what makes me happy is to play the game. Not the money, not how big or small, I just wanna play. I've always wanted to play. I've watched so many people have a $1 million business in a small town in America or in the world, move to a bigger place, do five million, and be very unhappy. They were very happy at one million in their small town, they went to a bigger town, they do 10 million, and they're very unhappy. My friend, Brazil, it is time that we in the world start making happiness what we go after, not more money. Thank you. We have to. We have to. Right? 
for me, when I hear bigger, I want you to have a bigger fucking smile on your pretty face, not make 280,000 more in fucking net revenue. You understand? You have to decide that for yourself. I don't know you, you have to decide that for yourself. Hey Gary. How are you? I'm, I'm good, I'm so good. I'm following you for almost three years and I just wanna say thank you for all of your content. You really changed my life and would mean the world to have a picture with you. Can I? Yes, you can. Thank you. Right now? Right now. Right now? Okay. Oh, thank you. Give the mic back. How are you? Thank you. You're welcome. All right, get out of here. Right. Let's go. Who's next? Hi. Hi. First of all, I'm a huge fan. Thank you. Uh, you've taught me a lot about perspective and gratitude and happiness. <sighs> I'm so nervous. <laughs> Don't be. <laughs> so, uh, me and my sister, we're starting a B2B company and we're trying to sell uh, training and consulting for HR teams and leader teams. Okay. And I know we are not putting as many content as we should out there. Why? Uh, why do you think? Talk to me real, we're here. Why? <laughs> well, she lives in another town, okay. so it's a little difficult for us to Well, you don't do both that. have to be in the content. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> and, but she needs a lot of help, you know, from me, because I know how to do things and how to, how to film videos, and I'm, I'm teaching her. Okay. Uh, and she's a little, <laughs> she doesn't have a lot of confidence. She's, she's really good. She knows her craft. Yeah. So but, what about yeah. writing or what about audio? I feel like so many people that don't have confidence are very scared of the camera but can do much, much better writing or recording audio. Yeah. This is why I spent so much time on it in my talk. I don't want people to be like me. Not, listen, not everybody is ridiculously handsome and charismatic. You know what I mean though? I don't want people to be like me. I want people to be like me where they found their voice in their medium. But for a lot of you in this room, that's writing. You know, if you're more introverted or insecure, a lot of writers are, come from that framework. Or I, I really like audio, so keep that in mind. But yeah. keep going. Uh, and she's, she's doing cold calls and okay. trying to reach uh, companies in her region. But I'm just guessing, what? What else can we do uh, besides content that I know we should be doing? Content. To get our first clients. Just to have do a it portfolio. Do it for free. Free. Yeah. The biggest mistake small companies make is they don't work for free. And then, you know, now that I said this on the internet, so many people are going to leave comments and say that I'm an idiot and they hate me and nobody should work for free and blah, blah, blah. That's fine. But those are said by people that have never started a company with no customers. That's right. And so, I, w I mean, I did it. And I had already built a big business, but I went into a new world where people thought what I did for the liquor store was not gonna work, so I worked for free. I still do it if I think it's the right strategy. So I think the biggest thing you should do is work for free because it gives you the referral base. And, and by the way, when nobody's hiring you, that means your work is worth free. Can I have a selfie? You can. Yeah. 
Okay. Пожалуйста. Who's who's next on? Hey Gary. How are you? Go ahead, I can listen. Okay. Gary. Eu e a minha esposa hoje temos um negócio rentável com que aprendemos com você. Então, gratidão tremenda. Thank you. A pergunta que eu gostaria de fazer é a seguinte, talvez isso seja a realidade de muitos aqui. É, quando a gente está num contexto, numa cidade, onde muitos não pensam como nós, não vê as coisas como nós, que a gente vê, por exemplo, que a gente aprende com você. Eles precisam disso, eles querem isso, só que eles têm pressa. E isso demanda tempo. O que, que a gente pode fazer para ajudar esses negócios? Don't try to convince anybody. The number one mistake when you're selling something new that most people don't understand is people spend too much time trying to convince them instead of finding the person that already understands. People make it a noble mission instead of a business. My friend, I've been right and early for the last 20 years of my life. I have spent almost no time trying to convince anybody. I sometimes have a one-hour meeting with a company, fly from New York to Chicago, walk in, sit down, start the presentation, and end it after 10 minutes, because I already know it's over. Every minute that you spend trying to convince somebody who's already know, is a minute that you're not spending trying to find somebody that will say yes. Ou seja, tentar ajudar quem está disposto or, a receber essa ajuda. Of course, because you're not when you're selling something new, they can't see it or they don't have reports in their company to justify it. Got it? So if they don't have the report to justify your work, they're scared. They might agree with you but the machine that they work in won't allow them to say yes. So you just move on. You're welcome. Sign it. Got it. Okay, next. Hey, Gary. Hello, how are you? First of all, you're awesome. Uh, my name is Luca, and I watch your content since I'm 19, now I'm 22, so thank you for being part of that. Thank you. I want to ask you something that I believe is really important. You are the first guy to talk about making content, making really quality content, but I'm afraid that the internet still is a place with very anxiety. I mean, Instagram causes a lot of anxiety. How Instagram doesn't cause anything. People okay. are anxious. Yes. Uh, but, but this is important. Instagram, there is no Instagram. There's a platform. We post pictures and humans decide to see somebody having a nice time and they decide to be upset. Sure. It's important though, keep going. Yeah, my, my question is how can we, we all at the, here at this event, can help these platforms, all platforms be mindful, be better to by putting, out, by putting out real shit. If everybody here didn't only put out photos when they're most dressed up, going to the most fancy place and showing everybody how fucking amazing their life is, the world would be in a better place. Thank you. 
not super complicated. D-Rock and I are gonna end this talk. I'm about to do in five minutes the fireside chat. We're gonna do a book signing. We're gonna run to the airport. We're gonna take a private plane because I have to get to San Paolo because I want to get home for family early tomorrow morning. There will be no picture of me at a private plane. I'm not gonna show that I'm fancy. That's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about gratitude and kindness and empathy. We're in control. There's no fucking Instagram monster. There's no YouTube monster. We're the monster. I don't know who's got the mic. Hi. Okay. Hi. Okay. Go, okay. Yeah, you'll, you'll so be next. when ahead. producing content, language matters. Yes. And we're in a country that doesn't speak English. Yes. So said that, how can we break the language barrier to go global? Well, you're not, you're not going to get Portuguese to go global. Yes. I mean, what's the better, best way to go in English and Portuguese? Bilingual. Do it both. In, I mean, but just in one, one profile, but two profiles? Or... You, you can do two profiles. I'm a big fan of sometimes doing video that is both in Portuguese and English. I also want to remind you that this is a humongous fucking country and winning here is just fine too. Yeah. You know, so, I mean it. Okay. If you want to win globally and you're so desperate to, then you're more than welcome to make English. Yeah, because currency matters. I mean, real it's like one and dollars like four, so it's a big opportunity. I understand that. I think it all comes back to the gentleman from Argentina. You have to decide what's right for you. If you want global, if you're chasing more dollars, then make English content. Okay, so... But, but it's very important I say this. I, I think this is every country outside of China and the US has an inferior complex because there's more money elsewhere. This is a huge fucking country. Okay, and thank like, you. Like, huge. No folks in Brazil. If that's what you want to, but if, you know, I can promise you, just focusing in Brazil with just Portuguese content can make you plenty of money and happiness. If you personally want to be on a bigger stage, English is something you have to consider. Okay, so thank you. You're welcome. Hey Gary, good evening. Good evening. Uh, first of all, you have to be... Uh, Yatsibialu blue. Yatsibialu blue torture. Well, that means I people... love you in Russian. Yeah. Good. So I'll just give you a very quick contest because I want to respect everyone's time. Uh, when I was four years old, my mom stabbed me for eating all the cucumbers we had stabbed for dinner. Stabbed you? My, my hand, yes. Okay. Uh, when I was six, she smashed my face against the wall until I bled from my nose and teeth. Uh, just, was, just because I was late one hour. Then she threw me at a graveyard when it was late at night. And uh, honestly, all my life was fear and sadness and sorrow. And so uh, when I was 20 years old, I, th I said, either I kill myself or I go. So I decided I go and I left my mom. And uh, a few years later, I became an entrepreneur. And I'm not the most successful one, but I've done pretty good for myself. I'm <laughs> quite happy. Good. And... Uh, Uh, but my you know, that's a story that resonates with me. It's something I share very infrequently, but my grandmother, who passed away this year, and maybe that's why I'm a little bit more comfortable sharing it, she was 
very difficult to my father too in the Soviet Russia. So I have a lot of empathy for that story. And I also know, and I know you know this because I see you made some doll with my face on it, so obviously you're following. I believe that adversity in youth is a very powerful advantage if you're able to get out of it. If you're lucky enough to be born with natural mindset or consume something that helps you get out of it. 100%. So I came a long way, but I did become an entrepreneur out of vengeance and <laughs> wanted to get even with of my course. mom, my dad, my everyone. And I knew how unhealthy it was. And then came along this American Russian who speaks way too much and curses even more. And somehow, I don't know how, I really don't know, but, but you changed me. Today I work for happiness. I work for helping other people rather than closing the most deals. And I, I came here to practice what you preach, which is jab, 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 right hook. So let's start with the jabs, please. Then we go to the right hook. Please. Thank you. First of all, Gary Vaynerchuk. I'd like you to meet Gary Vaynerchuk. Also, I'd like you to meet Sasha Vaynerchuk. Very nice. And to, to make it devastating, Tamara Vaynerchuk. Very nice. My two favorite people on earth. Yes. Thank you. Now, I know you're a private man, so I'll make it in Russian. If yes. you want, I'll do it for free. I'll do Vashi Ditim and Vasha Jena 100% bisplatna. We just have a little. Um... You send me an email to Gary at VaynerMedia and we'll get hooked up. Thank you. You're welcome. So, thank you. Now, here's my right hook. And regardless of what you say, yes or no, what I said earlier, I'll, I'll deliver. Uh, I, I desperately need. 20 minutes FaceTime with you whenever you want, wherever you want, please. Okay, two things. One, jab, 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 right hook. When you give, 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 and then ask. It's unbelievably important to me that people understand that when you give with something behind it, it's not giving. So the execution of that for the 20 minutes is not how I see the world. However, I just want to make sure everybody understands that. However, even with that said, and usually it's not my favorite move when somebody gives me something I didn't ask for and then needs something for me, which is the most valuable thing for me, my actual time, even though I don't love that, I just love you. Thank you, I love and so you so much I will as give well. you the 20 minutes. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Email me, we'll get connected. It's Gary at VaynerMedia. Right. Yeah. I'm gonna get one more in and then I'm gonna call up the CEO and we're gonna have this fireside chat. Yeah, last one, last yes. one, please. Hi, you got it. I love you. I love you back. Okay, thank you. We own a cannabis growing site for cannabis. Seven, cannabis. Like, yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. For 17 years, we are spreading contact, um, jab, 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 jab Giving, all yep. the time. And uh, now the market is opening for the big companies coming from United States. As you know, we can't uh, have sponsored ads on Facebook I'm or aware. Instagram. I'm aware. So um, asking you any advice? Influencers, because that's the most scalable thing. So giving the dollars to the influencer, they post and then sometimes it stays up, sometimes it doesn't. But my number one thing and, you know, I do a lot in the U.S. with cannabis with my Green Street company. You have to start a podcast. You have to control the media. Podcast and even text messaging. Starting to ask people for their cell phone numbers and putting out content directly to them. Yeah. And we work very hard on chatbot also. 
hundred percent. But even the chat bot, if it's in within WhatsApp, if it's in WhatsApp, you're going to be vulnerable. You want to go direct phone numbers, and you want to start a podcast company because there's no platform in the middle that's in control of you. All right. Thank you You're very welcome. much. It's an honor. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, let's do the fireside chat. Thank you, everyone. Gary, this is very good shit. So if you're going to do a couple more, it's all about them. So I can Great. cut my interview short. I'm happy to do it. Yeah. All right. Be right, right here. Who's got the mics? No problem. I just don't know where the mics are. Who's got the mics? Go ahead. Yep. She's got it. Yep, that's fine. And then let's and then let's go into the way fucking back. I want to get some of those peeps. Hello, Hi. hello, Gary. My name is Tiago. Uh, me and my girlfriend, we drove 380 miles just to see you and meet you. Thank you. Uh, I just want to thank you for everything you did. I brought pressure with me. Thank you. Uh, this book changed my life. I'm I work as a doctor, but I happen to be passionate about technology. So I started my YouTube channel, following your advice. My own when? last year, one one and a half year ago and it's starting to to grow exponentially you told you told me about voice i made alexa content it blew up my girlfriend was unhappy at her job and i said read this book <laughs> and then she kept on complaining about her job and i said quit you know what gary says quit <laughs> and she quit her job and now she started her own slow fashion business she's happy as she ever been and we want to thank you so much and ask if you could sign my book and take a picture with us, please. 100%. Thank you. 100%. Come on. Who's got the mic? Right over there. Go ahead. Get her attention. She's got the mic. Go ahead. Yeah, I came from there because no one is, is looking for the people on the sides. No, just uh, I think it's really important to talk about a uh, business that is really in need in Brazil that is... Uh, schools, uh, schools, teaching, of course, and I am the first people, the first person here that actually didn't know you before RD Summit. <laughs> no problem. I, I, I a lot of people big, didn't. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of you. I, I, I'm, I'm now. Uh, you're a really smart person. I just wanted your uh, your opinion on how you think that teaching is gonna grow in these platforms like YouTube, internet in general, do you think that actually we're gonna have a, a boom, let's say uh, teaching is gonna explode on the internet? Do you think that's a I market in the future? I do, and I think it's already happened. You know, I think you and I have grown up in the last hundred years of modern teaching where education is being done through schools and leveling up until final university and then go into the world. I believe that education is already happening. If you just think about what that doctor, you know, was just saying literally the question before, he watched my content in education form. It educated him to the possibilities and then he went and executed it. I think to your point, and I'll, you, can, you can add, we can talk back and forth, I think people that are educators in the current system are going to have to be very thoughtful that are they passionate about being a teacher in the current system or are they passionate about educating in the macro? Yeah, that's actually the, the point I was trying to get. Like, yeah, I know there's a lot of people uh, already teaching other people More? Uh, yeah. on the internet. My, the, the, the thing I was thinking is that 
my idea of future, the, the thing I want to do in my future is teaching people uh, online specific languages, but... You can uh, do that now. Yeah, I know, but do you, uh, my question is, do you think uh, teaching is gonna go entirely to the internet? Do you think we're I gonna... think society is gonna go predominantly to the internet, we'll still live in real life, but there's a very significant chance in 30, 40, 50 years that all of us are living in virtual reality and are spending a lot of time in that world no different than the 11 hours we spend inside of our phone now. Yes, I do. Like uh, Ready Player One, the movie. <laughs> yeah, the I, I, listen, I think people in this room, including me, are very naive of where technology is going. Already we can see blockchain, VR, AR. There's so many more inventions that will be invented before we die. Technology always moves. Technology always moves. So yes, I think so. Okay, thanks. Thank you. Okay, who's got the next question? I, I need the oui. mics. Oui. Gotcha. Okay, tudo jóia, Gary? How are you? Cara, sou seu fã pra caramba. Vim de longe, vim de Recife. E o que eu queria falar é o seguinte. Primeiramente, é, eu tenho uma história que é bem interessante. Minha empresa cresceu bastante, uma agência. Mas eu resolvi jogar tudo pro ar para gerar conteúdo na internet. Muito por conta de você. E hoje eu faço isso todos os dias da minha vida, tenho esse compromisso. Mas teve um vídeo teu que me deixou muito impactado, que foi quando é, se perguntou um conselho em três palavras e você disse você vai morrer. Isso aí foi sinistro e eu queria que você comentasse sobre isso. Besides health, health, which you need, I want people to have happiness and as much happiness and as little regret. And you know, you're such a young man. We have so much time. We have so much time. I just wish that people had a better relationship with time. There's so much more time. And so I'm glad that that hit you because it's very real. Everything I do, everything, is knowing that it's almost impossible to be a human being. 400 trillion to one. That is the math. The odds of being, a, the odds of being somebody in here right now is 400 trillion to one. It's impossible to be a human being. And yet, everybody here is one, and I don't want you to waste it. Why? Tu cara, mano. Thank you. Vou aí. Thank you, bro. Let's ask this guy. Yep. I, I, we can do the last one. Yeah. Hi. Hi. All right. Earlier you gave us advice for producing content, and I asked today for Roberto Prado from Microsoft, what rituals do you have every day that changes your life? And I want. What, 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 brother? What, what rituals? R rituals, is, yes, um, that you do every day and it changes your life. Every day, yeah, every day at some point, I imagine my children or my parents or my siblings, somebody in my family dying, every day. 
and that makes me happy. And I know that that might be confusing, but every day I practice reminding myself what is actually important to me. And if today I went to Brazil and gave a great speech and many people found out about me, and when I got back to my phone in an hour, one of my clients gave us $5 million more for VaynerMedia, and one of my videos went viral on Instagram and got 5 million views, and maybe even this Sunday the Jets win a fucking football game, right? If all that happened, if all that happened, if God forbid one of the 20 people that I love the most got sick or died, I would not give a shit. My only ritual every day is to make pretend somebody that I love died, which makes the rest of my day very easy. Uh, amazing, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. You can stand here. Dude, I'm in a very tough spot here. I'm cutting this great conversation fun, right? short. Yeah. Uh, I'm also between you and your flight and between them and party with free beer, so... Um, free beer is fun. So unfortunately, guys, this conference is coming to an end. Did you like it? Yeah. yeah. So... My, my, my only mission here is try to wrap up this conversation with some of the important things that we discussed here. I think we all agree that we had amazing three days, the last three days. Uh, those are my questions to, to you. I'm a big fan since the Wine Library days. Um, I actually met you, I, I probably don't remember that, I met you at Web 2.0 Expo 2009, so that was a long time ago. In Portugal? Uh, or yeah, in San, San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, San Francisco. So, my first question is, you want to buy the Jets. Yes. Most people here probably don't know why. So what I want to know is, uh, what's the power of stating out publicly a goal like that? And, and, and please explain why you want to buy the Jets. When I was uh, five years old, six years old, I moved to New Jersey. I wasn't speaking English. I had a very tough time in, when I first came to America. I went outside and some boys were throwing an American football. I went over, started playing. And they said to me, what team do you like? I didn't know. They said, you're a New York Jets fan. I said, okay. That was 1982. Every single Sunday since that day, I have watched every single play of the Jets. During that summer, or a year later, all my friends had Jets jerseys. We were poor, so I asked my mom to buy a Jets jersey, and she said no. But at night, she knitted and made me a Jets sweater and it is my prized possession. I have it in a safety deposit box. When I buy the football team, I'm gonna hang it as soon as you walk in. For me, the Jets means America, means happiness, means the beginning of my life. When I started, when I was in fifth grade, they asked us, who do you wanna be when you grow up? And everybody wrote, policeman, astronaut, all sorts of different stuff. And I wrote, the owner of the New York Jets. And that was the first time I said it publicly. And I've said it basically to everybody I've met since. And then obviously over the last 10 years, as more people got to know me, it's a part of my story. It's very important. It's actually very similar to the nice gentleman from Argentina. It ha you have to be self-aware. For me, entrepreneurship and building businesses has always been my happiness. 
lemonade when I was five to being right here with you today at 43. So for me, wanting to buy the New York Jets is very important because it's a goal that allows me to play for a very long time. And that is what brings me happiness, the process. As a matter of fact, I've already made a video maybe five or six years ago that I have saved and it's the video that I'm gonna share with the world the day I buy the New York Jets. And in the video I tell everybody that today is a sad day, not a happy day. Because something that I've been chasing for a very long time has come to a conclusion. Um, and then I make a joke about winning a Super Bowl and something like that. But nonetheless, it's important for me, not because you shoot for the moon and you land in the mountains. It's important to me because it represents a process. I want everybody here to love what they do in the process, not necessarily the stuff that comes along, you know, money, fame, you know, vacations, clothes. I want them to love the game, not the stuff. For me, having a big goal lets me play longer. Got it, got it, thank you. Um, thank you. Last couple questions. So, um, another thing that we talked a lot about here uh, is this struggle, especially for entrepreneurs. Now, yes. we, we have to deal with that. You, you always talk about hustling, you know, and what keeps you up at night today? Like, because you're a successful guy, still, but still have some struggles, right? Yeah, but, but that's what I signed up for. Like, I don't understand when people are trying to aspire to be unbelievably happy and unbelievably wealthy, it should be hard. Like, every day's hard. I landed here from these three flights to get here and immediately I get Wi-Fi and there's four texts from clients, problem, 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 problem. It should be hard. You know, my struggles today are 100% outside the framework of my business. For me, that's my safe place. And I accept that there's going to be tough things. As a matter of fact, this is funny, I didn't do it on this trip, but sometimes when I fly and I have to fill out custom forms, when it says occupation, I write <laughs> firefighter. That's how I feel an entrepreneur is. You're always ready for another fire, whether it's two o'clock in the morning or 9.30, you have to be ready. And I don't struggle with that because I've been practicing it my whole life which is why I fear when people try to become entrepreneurs because it's cool now. I'm worried about that because it's very hard. And if you're not used to losing it, I lose every day. Every single day, I lose. And unless you're good at that, you will not like entrepreneurship. And how do you... Yeah. And, and you know what's you interesting? You can clap, you can clap if you want. Before you clap, there's something interesting yeah. there. You know where my mind just went, I apologize. Where my mind just went is, it's funny where I just went as we just finished that and you were about to clap. I said, I said to myself, I said, it's hard to lose when you already lost. I'm already pot committed to the game. I know what I signed up for. I, you can't lose when you already think you're losing. Yeah. Everybody thinks entrepreneurship, I'm going to start the next fucking Uber and be a billionaire. No, you're not. And the second you understand that is when it gets good. And now we run multiple companies. Most of them are very successful. How do you prioritize your life? How to balance that? I know you don't like um, the word I'm, balance, but juggling. 
and being okay. The reason most people aren't doing what I do is I'm okay juggling and letting something fall. Because I don't, if I was juggling right now eggs and you were all impressed and I dropped an egg and you all said, <gasps> I wouldn't care. It's part of the game. So for me, it's easy to do the wine and the business and the sneakers and all the stuff I'm doing because if something fails, people will tweet about it, people will write about it, but I won't hear it. What's so important, and the one thing I wish for all of you, and it was earlier to the parenting question, as you can imagine, especially if you don't know me and you just discovered me and you see how people are talking about me, you could imagine how easy it is to get high when people say that you're changing their life and all this unbelievable. But it's very funny for me, I don't. When I hear the beautiful things that are said to me, I think about Sasha, I think about my parents. I, I think, man, they did a good job. I'm the product of them. I, I'm the product of immigrants and struggling and good parents. So when I hear nice things, I don't get high. But that's a very good thing because when people say the reverse in my comments or negative things, I don't get low. When you become detached, detached from either positive or negative comments, you win. The reason so many of you struggle is you like the compliments when people say you're pretty. You like the compliments when people say you're smart. You like the compliments when you're dressed good, you came up with a good idea, you scored a goal, you made a couple, you like that. So when, the, but now you get used to the feedback. So then when somebody says you're shit, you believe that too. I don't believe either. I hear nothing. It's super quiet up here. It's super fucking quiet up here.